Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the South African edition of the Dope Black Woman podcast. The podcast where we share our personal experiences and expertise on topics that impact our daily lives. I'm Romantha Buta, the community lead for Dope Black Women South Africa. Welcome to another episode of Dope Black Women. As you've heard, we are all the way from South Africa this week and Romantha Buta is your host and she's the one who's speaking. I don't know why I'm talking about myself in the third person, but I'm here now. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. <laughs> Um, today with me and the beautiful soul that you hear on the other side laughing is Caroline Esther. And as you can see by the title, we are speaking sacred BDSM. So she has a long bio and, um, I'm only saying she because she would introduce herself uh, now. Uh, but w- from what I know is that she is from Haitian descent, queer, non-binary, a mother and a sensual dom. So, without further ado, welcome, and please tell the people who you are. Please maybe unpack for us what all of that means, <laughs> and maybe just summarize it. Um, yeah, so sensual dumb, mom, um, queer, business owner, all those things. So I think what I've done is, um, you know, over the 20 years of my career, there have been a lot of things that I've been passionate about and a lot of things that I've been into, um, and I didn't quite... At the time, it, it didn't, they all seemed like separate things, you know? So I didn't know how to bring them together. And so now at the grand, you know, grand rising of 40 and, and, and still traveling down the 40s line, <laughs> um, I've um, created something that helps me bring it all in one place. And it's under LDMM, which is Lung De Moon Mon, um, the private membership-based social club for artists, creatives, and spiritual workers. And underneath that umbrella, um, I'm able to do Sacred Table, which is um, the intentional dining experience that we provide, and Sacred um, Body Journey, um, which is how basically how Romantha and I um, came into contact. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've been I've been a practicing dom. Well, you know what? Maybe not practicing. I've you know I, I've been in the life about 15 years. Um, and um, practicing, yes, practicing personally um, for, you know, around about that time. And but only this year started to do it professionally. And so um, for me, I, you know, I, I saw within the within the practice, it's very, very um, white, <laughs> just to put it, you know, basic, mm-hmm. you know, put it just 
be frank about it. Um, and there, there are a number of reasons for that. Um, and so um, as you know, I mean, it's growing now with more POC practitioners coming to light. Um, but I felt what was still absent in even those spaces is this, um, is the sacred. And so what do I mean by sacred? Um, which is anything that you, you know, that you venerate, anything that you honor, anything that you think is special. Um, you know, if you go to church, then you'll, at church, you act a certain way because you feel like yeah. the atmosphere is sacred, you know, whether, and what, and that's whatever you call church. That's not, you know, um, reserving it to any kind of dominant denomination, but anytime you enter your, your realm of spirituality, um, you consider that sacred. And so I put that in front of the word BDSM, which is, um, breaks down into bondage, discipline, uh, devotion. I've added that word to it. Um, submission. I've taken that word out and I've replaced it with service. Um, and, uh, discipline. And why is that? Well, perhaps maybe, worth, well maybe, maybe perhaps finish your definition and tell us okay, why yeah. you so, replace those words. Yeah. Where I replace those words. So, and then, um, sadism and masochism. And so just for the audience who's not familiar with any of that, <laughs> um, sadism is a um, person who likes to uh, give what we consider pain. And then the other one, masochism, the one that receives it, um, the quote unquote pain, um, which I have also changed that to from pain to existing on a spectrum of pleasure. All right. Um, so why is that? Again, uh, again, BDSM is is a very uh, I, no matter who practices it, you know, you know, an alien can practice it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it <laughs> um, no matter what age, race, creed, color, um, it there is an aspect of ritual and ceremony that is um, involved throughout the whole thing. But we're not using that. We're not putting that at the center of what's happening. We're only seeing, you know you know, people being, you know, heinously tortured. <laughs> uh, and we're like, Ew. hanging from, <laughs> hanging from body parts. Yes. Very in, in lots of places. And while that's an aspect of it for me, I think what I want to put to, to the audience it forefront is, is the aspect of ritual and ceremony and why this is a, a deeply spiritual um, interaction and engagement that two or more people are engaging in and why it's called play, you know, why it's traditionally called play um, is because we're, we are walking in the realm of fantasy uh, and what people consider fetishes. But I looked up the word fetish and, I'm, and I hadn't done it before, but it, it's it, the word itself, the etymology of the word just means something that is really, that's important, that's honored. Um, it could be a thing or an idea. And I'm like, Wow, I don't know why I never thought to look up at that before. But when we think fetishes, again, we think people that, you know, like to get their feet eaten in the dirt or <laughs> and that turns them on. You know, they like weird things. Mm -hmm. But um, that's really not what it is. So that's what it that so that's what the sacred in the BDSM mean to me. And the devotee, again, the word submission, um, felt very triggering to me, you know, especially as a person of color. Um, and, you know, I've heard and read, um, just, just language and, um, material around how white people have used this to somehow, um, you know, sustain the spirit of, um, slavery and colonization. And so I'm like, 
you know, gasp. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, and while that, while I get that, that that's not true for them and in, in terms of how they're practicing it. Um, mm. I think for people of color, um, uh, anything that, that, you know, that, that is triggering, um, of a trauma that we have collectively experienced. Um, I think we need to rethink, um, the language, um, that takes us back instead of forward. I've been meaning to ask this question when you started speaking about, uh, you know, as black people uh, using the word submissive, using the word dominant, what happens if it's an interracial couple? You know, what needs to happen um, in order for that discussion to be open? Well, that's the beautiful part about, um, you know, uh, BDSM is that those conversations, they, they happen organically. They're a part of the process. You can't not have the conversation. So do you have counseling? Do you have counseling sessions? Do you have, you know, uh, or what do you, would you call them? Consultation? How would, how would it work? Could anyone just well, come and experience? Yeah, I mean, personally, yes. You know, I do take people through, I don't want to call it counseling necessarily, but, you know, there's, you know, just, the, you know, honest Q&A about it. And uh, I think, you know, to your question, though, like what happens when you have an interracial uh, DS um, or DD dynamic? Again, they have that conversation. I did have a friend who who had a white dom, a black South African woman who had a white dom. And, you know, any this is no secret. Anybody that knows me knows how I feel about white people. So I, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it just, ain't, I just like, literally no secret about how I feel about white people. Yeah. Um, but and so I was just like, when she told me that, I was just like, is it? I'm like, how is that working out for you? <laughs> And, you know, and she said that their relationship um, has tr transcended that. And I accept that as her truth. I accept it as their truth. Um, and uh, it, it's just like spirituality at its fundamentally, fundamentally, spirituality transcends um, all identities fundamentally. Right. But the, the, the issue is um, we don't live in a world that uh, that respects those fundamentals. <laughs> right. And, and it's shown by our social and our political climate. So I, I don't want to engage in the dark about um, the different social and political things that um, that people of color consistently and daily battle with. So they so with the so I think within their play or any play that's interracial um, or any play in general, you, you negotiate what types of activities um are you know are are hard limits for you or soft mm -hmm. limits and by hard limits are things that you know you're just not gonna try don't ask don't think about it don't dream about <laughs> it it's not happening you know yeah. and then there are soft limits things that you're like oh okay I haven't tried that before I did try it and I didn't like it at first but you know I'm I'm willing to do it again to see where it goes so you have those and so so for some people for some engaging in that whipping might be a hard limit like don't do it it triggers me. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. So you have those negotiations um, to be able to work through that. But I think um, BDSM in general, if you're going to approach it, you should have you should have gone to a place where you have um, done a significant amount of um, self-work um, and analyzing your own traumas and your own triggers and, and how those yeah. things show up um, in your in your life. And while you can use BDSM as a therapeutic um, resource, 
I, I personally don't recommend that it be that exclusively, but that's just personal because people do. So we, we, we spoke about interracial conversations, but how do you just start the conversation in general? Like with someone like randomly? Yeah, with you. <laughs> let's say, let's say you have a partner and the other question is mm-hmm. you, you, it, it sounds like it is relational, meaning yes. that there has yes. to be two or more people in the dynamic. Could a single person like myself experience forms of BDSM and then what things are available? Because I don't think I don't think flogging myself would would, <laughs> would work. So Right. So as you What do single you, people do? What do single people do if they want to engage? Exactly. And and what do what do couples do? How do they start that conversation? So for for um, for single people, um, the, well, for anybody, but I'll, I'll start there just generally. You know, as, as you know, Ramantha, I, 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 at the events that you come to, you, you've, you've seen that I give like a pamphlet that gives kind of like a basic list of yeah. some kinks, you know, and that and that basic list just by itself has about 100 things on it. <laughs> And and that is dramatically reduced, <laughs> right? There are there could be even thousands, right? And some of those things um, could be practiced alone: um, masturbation, um, erotic photos, um, wax play. You know, in, even in my wax play, um, I I do wax play on myself um, because I want to test the temperature of the wax. I want to feel the sensation. Um, I also, you know, so there are things that I do to myself before I even do to my devotees, um, um, just to, just to, um, to, to gauge the safety of it. Um, it's like cooking food and I'm, I'm going to eat it first. So if you don't, just to make sure it's not poison, right? <laughs> let me taste it. Cause if you, I don't want you to die. You know what I mean? So let me taste it. So it's the same thing. So there are, endless things and you and I could talk about that all five you're actually interested in what you can do um just for yourself um and it's just about um learning what your what your kinks are you know what what are you into um and and from that I can um share with you how you could you know do those things dolo which is right it's actually quite cool you know, to be mm. able to do that. It's like masturbation, you know, you don't. Yeah, it's like it's exploration, but on another exactly. level. Exactly, exactly. And with just couples, the speaking, same thing. Go ahead. Just speaking on, on, you know, it includes masturbation. It includes erotic photos of yourself or others. What would a spectrum of sacred BDSM look like? What is the most common BDSM element that you do in everyday life? or that you've heard of, or that you know is a part of it, or what are the most extreme versions of it? Because I think, as you've mentioned earlier on, when people think BDSM, they think of the most, probably towards the extreme spectrum of people, mm-hmm. of blood mm-hmm. and of pain mm-hmm. and of mm-hmm. scarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say? Um, I think, um, I mean, I can answer that question with the first question that you had, because you, because we talked about the singles and you asked about how does that Mm -hmm. conversation happen with couples so I could blend those answers, um, is the, in every day, I think the thing is, it's so interesting to me how people are like, "Ah," taboo with, with it, because I'm like, you do that anyway, you know, right. In your own sex, there's, you know, like rough sex as we can consider, like some people, they just, 
they need to go in. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he not going in, bow, 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 then they're just like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, personally, that's just, that's how I like it. I like a bitch to, like, be doing her nails while I'm, while I'm doing So I just, please insult me so I can do better. <laughs> hey, now we get you know, into it. Right? <laughs> so I can, because if, you know, if you're, like, doing it, be like, when I have you started? I'm like, oh, is it? Okay, I got you. You know what I mean? So I think that we we even do some of these things. We hair pulling, back scratching. Mm. Um, those are very common things that happen in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Role playing, people wear their little doctor uniforms and you know, and stuff like that. Those are those those are all a part of kink. You yeah. know, and we're just not calling it that. And I've actually had people come to Q&A sessions, like the dialogue sessions that I have around sacred BDSM saying, wow, they actually have been doing a lot of this stuff with their, exactly. with their person. Yeah. They didn't just they just didn't call it that. And so now in, in conversations with me, they've just taken their list of like maybe 10 things that they just normally do in J to like 200 things. And now they start to incorporate toys and, you know, this different things like it's just you can go like literally forever. You wouldn't you would never get bored with your person um, by coming by coming into this life with it. Y'all are going in every time. Trust. <laughs> Speaking of trust, takeaways into my next question. Mm. What are some of the key elements for a BDSM play to be successful between a couple? Like trust is 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 definitely a huge um, part of it, um, and it takes time to be able to really uh, build that. Um, unless you're in you know one of those spaces, um, you know like like a sacred BDSM party, a dungeon, um, and dungeons typically are places that people go to, to play. Um, there are, um, there are a few, um, in, or a couple that I know of in South Africa, um, for, for those who just want to go spectate to kind of see it happening. Just warning is that it will be, um, predominantly white people. <laughs> and, and sometimes that's off-putting for people, but, um, yeah, so trust is one of them. Um, a, a a type of courtship, um, I believe in. And tradition, in traditional BDSM, they they identify probably the the whole experience being kind of like three processes, which is um, negotiation, play, and aftercare, right? And so for me, um, I have I think what has what I've done is kind of like expanded that, which makes it that sacred BDSM thing um, to include that because it's not like you know you just walk up to walk up and checkers and you see and you see somebody you're like hey should your house or mine you know <laughs> and, and you just start like negotiate I mean yeah sure you're right it happens. Um, but we're talking about the typical person isn't really doing it. Yeah. So what I, what I've done is I've expanded that process, um, to nine components, which is one, the initial connection, 
to um, mutual vetting, which means exploring desires, agreed upon definitions, past trauma discussions, personal healing mm -hmm. practices. Um, that's the mutual vetting area. And then there's establishing the trust space, which can also take time, like I said. Um, and that could just be you, you know, in quotations or even out of quotations dating, you know? Um, and not to say that um, doms date their subs, but I think that there is a form of um, getting to know you. If, yes, because before we dive into that space. And I think that was that that establishes the trust space. Like, you know, I see you, you see me. I feel like there's a level of safety and comfort where I can feel um, there's a level of safety and comfort where I can feel um, uh, like I can move forward with you. So basically, don't rock up with your one night stand. You are a proper BDSM practitioner. Like understanding what goes on in that process, it you you like understanding what goes on in that process, it you you like I call grounding after negotiation. So after the grounding is we pray together, we meditate together, we use all types of um, and we do this during the grounding space stage and during play, where we use uh, a cachet of um, energetic modalities from Reiki to yoga to candle magic to crystal magic, you know, all, anything that it, you need to bring you to the present because you're about to, because when we start playing, you're about to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take you away from that. So let's, let's be, let's land. Let's be where we are, see each other, meet each other, and then travel together. Right. So that's wow. grounding. And then and then we go into play um, and that play varies based on what I understand your kinks to be um, and what you understand my 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 kinks to be as a dom because the shit that I like <laughs> that we want to weave in there as well. Um, and then we go into aftercare. But again, even with aftercare, it's it, it starts from the beginning. It goes throughout the entire process. It's not something that happens. I should actually change that to during care, to to, to care on a continuum yeah. or something. Yeah. Because yeah. that's literally what's happening. Again, even if they're not saying it, when you see it on TV or anywhere else, there is a consistent care yeah. that's happening. I just do it in a more, um, that's why I call myself a sensual dom. Um, there's a lot of sensuality around it because I just feel like you catch more bees with honey. That's how you yeah. made me cry. That's how you made me That's cry. No, no, no. You made you made a hard thug crying the club. <laughs> thug it out. Thug it out, Amanda. Thug it out. Listen, I'm a thug. I don't cry. And wow. Wow. Let me tell you let me let me just give you guys a snippet of what happened. Please. So I, I went I, I saw this event that one of my dope black women shared in the space, in the WhatsApp space. I was like, ooh, this is interesting. And what caught my attention is that there there was a disclaimer that said that preference will be given to people of color. I was like, ooh, definitely. Yes, sign me up. And so <laughs> we ended up we ended up going, uh, this friend of mine, and when we got there, it was just the, the space walking into the house, the establishment just already felt like there was a presence there. So mm. I, I just, I just felt at home. And then, mm. Mm. so that specific night was role play. And yes. uh, there was first some belly dancing. It was entertaining. And then you came out with your, um, so 
I forgot. Um, Devotee, uh, you I, came with your votee. Devotee, yes. Sorry, sorry. I almost messed it up. Mm-hmm. You came with your vo- devotee and it was just so sensual, but also so, so caring. Mm. At the same time, I felt like sh- I felt safe on her behalf just watching. <laughs> you know, I felt safe on her behalf. And so I think a big element there is, as you've said, trust and safety and setting boundaries and knowing the person. Uh, mm. But what stood out for me and and the friend who invited me was also like, ooh, that was that was the interesting, most interesting part of it. Not necessarily the role mm. play, but the fact that you mm. you prayed to your ancestors before mm. you started, before you commenced. And also yes. uh, you know, that you both did it, but also that you burned um in pepo, incense, mm. uh, uh what would it be called? Uh, the other word from pepo? Um, oh, sage. sage. Sage, yeah, you were burning sage. Yeah. And it was just, it was an, a spiritual experience. And so I know you focus on sex, the energy, but I do want you to also maybe touch on the spirituality side of it. Because a lot of people, let's say if you are Christian, you do not necessarily associate God with that kind of play or you know, yeah. sex in that way, because yeah, sex yeah. is sacred, but the Bible tells you it's between a husband and a wife. And as we know yeah. it, it's something that's not very expressive in many ways. It's missionary, basically. <laughs> oh, boring. Listen, Shame. okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Just in terms of just in terms of that, like people who would come there and say, "But I'm not very spiritual. I'm not. I, I don't know what I would do. We're not very to, sexual. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I would do to ground. You know, to get to the grounding stage. What would I do mm-hmm. if I'm not necessarily in tune there? Um, I'm gonna go back really quick just to um, finish the steps. So we have the next is energetic cleanse. So after the after we finish playing, we we have to now cleanse so what we know of and that's going into your it leads into the question that you just asked about spirituality um so in in that experience you there is something that's happening on the spiritual level between you and the devotee um some you know some people have sell them as soul ties or you know because it's it's happening we're we're in an energetic like mm-hmm. bubble so we are we are we are merging our energies um, and so to be to be uh, safe about not taking energies forward that are a disservice to us, we do an energetic cleanse afterwards. Um, and then we do a debriefing of the experience, like how like how did you feel? How did it go? What was not okay? What was okay? Mm-hmm. You know, what should I have done less of? What should I have done more of? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, we do a debriefing and that helps us to that helps to color um, future experiences. But this with the what you said about the spiritual part. And the thing is, you know, sex is inherently spiritual. Um, the problem, the, the, it is absolutely problematic that um, the, you know, societies and messages that we that we live in um, uh, uh, divorce the two. When it's like it's like doing surgery on uh, on conjoined twins. Sex and spirituality were born together, literally at a core organ. When you when you when you separate it, you run the risk of one of the two not surviving. Nah. and so that's why when I I I, I when in my work I talk about sex the energy and not necessarily sex the act. Yeah, because sex the act 
is only one expression of sex, the energy, right? And so, and when I say sexual energy, what am I talking about? Um, energy, just at a scientific level, means the ability to do a work, the ability to do something. That's what Webster, Miriam, Google, all of them say some version of that. And so sex is things coming together to birth something else. What we know or been taught that that birth results in babies, you know, or, you know, or gender, mm -hmm. you know, gender is when we think about sex, we think of gender and we think of procreation. But what they don't say is that it's not the pro, at the end of at the end of procreation just doesn't mean babies. It means anything. Basically, anything that you see, anything that you know, a cup, a shirt, a manuscript, uh, a, a film treatment, all of it is a result of sexual energy at play. You know, um, and just the and, and if we if we take it from what we understand it to be, which is a process, you know, it's, it's gonna take a process of programming. Even myself, some, you know, I'm still in that unprogramming, having been practicing it 10 plus years, um, because sex the act is on the list of things that can be done with sex the energy, but it's just on the list, you know? And so, and here, what, what I'm able to do is show people how vast that list is and for them to connect it to their day-to-day -day lives so they can use sexual energy to do what they need to do. I mean, write that, you know, go through your to-do list of shit that you have to do, clean your room, <laughs> um, you know, make amends with your mother, you know what I mean? You know, whatever you need to do, um, apply for that new job that you've been afraid to apply for. It's just, we're only just talking about using that energy and anytime you feel turned on aroused or, or, or anything like that, that only means that you have now activated your creative center. That's really what that means. I actually saw a TikTok of someone saying that, I'm not quite sure if he's a sex practitioner, but he was saying that when you tapping into a sexual energy doesn't mean you masturbate or you have sex when you are aroused. And I think you've explained it beautifully that, that the energy that you are sex you are sex. Yes. You everything that composes yes. of you is sex, and it's sexual, and it's energy. Yes. So yeah, yes. I mean, I think speaking of, um, you know, the misconceptions of BDSM. What are some of the things that people think BDSM or sacred BDSM is, and what, you know, what are some of the myths that you can maybe debunk for us today? Well, when I say sacred BDSM, the people they don't hear the sacred part, right? Yeah. Um, they just hear BDSM. Yeah. And if they do hear sacred, they're confused. <laughs> they're like, mm, to, to your point earlier, it's just like, why are you bringing the two together? That's blasphemy and you should be hung. <laughs> and this is like, oh, really? Like you're putting, you know, and people have said this, you know, at, at the events and before they saw it and then afterwards, they're like, yo, when you started like burning in pimple, they got, got they almost like, got scared. Yeah. Like, why are you inviting the ancestors to your debauchery? <laughs> and then afterwards, you know, one woman, she said, you know, I've never thought to do that, you know, before sex or before anything like that. And she's like, she's like, maybe that's why my shit is so fucked up. Maybe I should. Maybe that's why I can't have a proper, sustainable sexual experience because I'm not calling in my my, my people yeah. <laughs> to like look out for me. You know, just like just like you you're, you might be on to something. <laughs> just like maybe it's because I exclude them 
from the experience, which is why I it has been less than gratifying because our ancestors want us to live in our liberation. They want us to be ecstatic. They want us to be living our best lives. And they understand that sex is the only thing that enables all of that. I think one of the questions at the event was, you're, you're calling on the ancestors here, um, and some of our mm. ancestors were slaves. You know, is it not perhaps, maybe how do you know that it's not perhaps causing more harm than, than good, having, tying yourself up, getting yourself whipped when you have the ancestors in the room? They ain't slaves no more. In that realm, you know, and I talk to people about, you know, when I do some, I, I, I hesitate to say a word counseling because I'm not a counselor or a therapist mm-hmm. by trade, right? Mm-hmm. right. But um, I do, in my own spiritual practice, you know, um, I do, I work with people around death and transitions. And, and one of the things that I say to people is that this, this person is, is now more powerful in that realm they would, than they could have ever been mm-hmm. in this realm. So this is, this, is, this is what you have access to now. Our, our ancestors, they transition and they become super entities. And they're just there waiting for us to like ask them for something, like to guide us. You know, they're just because that's what they're that's their only purpose in that realm is to look after us. So in those spaces, um, I think, you know, what what's happening is because I do believe that they want us to live in our in our liberatory pleasure, is they're not asking um about pain, they, they are they are they are leaning into your pleasure, and somebody had every asked that at the last event. So I had two devotees at the last event, a male and a female one, and at the end, somebody asked the the, the devotees on a scale of one to ten, you know, what's like your pain, like you know, ten being like ah, and you know one, and she answered the question fair enough. But then afterwards, she, you know, during the debriefing, she said, you know, I wonder why they never ask about what my pleasure level was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. she's like, they always ask me about the pain, um, she's, but because the line between the pain and the pleasure, when a devotee enters what they call headspace, subspace, yeah. it's pretty much you, you into a, tra- you into it, into a trance, you know, um, and, and in that trance, in that realm, you only feel nicely. <laughs> you only feel nicely. <laughs> so that's what she's saying. Yes, to, to the outside looking in, it 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 the because of the way the the mind is conditioned to view what's happening. Yeah. It's like wow, this hurts. Yeah. But um, but what? But after a certain point, and I did, and I do a lot with sensation play too, and um, especially during the waxing because I'm using fire. There was at one point there's fire and there's ice. And if you ask the devotees what was the difference, they couldn't tell you when I had fire and when I had ice on them. Wow. It, the body now interprets it all as one sensation, pleasure. Do you think we are too conservative when it comes oh. to black people specifically? Uh, just in relation to our cultural beliefs, religious mm, beliefs, mm. shame, public public knowledge perhaps or lack of education? Yeah, I mean I think that um, you know, conservatism has brought itself I think it's I think it's to be honest a very uh colonialist um you know uh perspective. Yeah. Um because a part of what I've been doing over the years is is studying um just uh uh ancestral technologies 
um, spiritual technologies, um, ritual, um, and, um, and from, from, from the global South or the African diaspora, which is broad, right? And so in that, some of the commonalities were, were so fascinating around um, their approach to sex and gender, where there are rituals where they're, they're having actual physical sex, <laughs> like um, in, a, in a process, you know what I mean? For whether it be a rites of passage, um, especially with rites of passages for men, um, rites of passages for men are highly sexualized. You know, and we don't unless you're in the tribe or in the in in the clan, that it's it's almost like a for pledging for a fraternity or sorority. I mean, that's what happens in America, where you when you pledge, you know, you don't tell people what you what you went through. What they call the hazing process. You know, um, it's like you're sworn to secrecy about what you actually went through, and so that happens through a lot throughout a lot of rites of passages as well where you can speak about it broadly, but in order to maintain that ancestral knowledge uh, and, and protect it, you, you're not allowed to say what, what actually happened, you know? But I've been, but I've been privileged in, um, for a, a number of people to trust me with that information um, and to see that, wow, um, I'm actually not far, far, far off at all about how, the, how sex is, um, the energy is incorporated. Nudity is uh, is a normal thing yeah. <laughs> with the diaspora, like normal thing. Like oh. nobody has, it's, it's like clothes came, it's, clothes is like a, a, a very modern concept, actually. <laughs> clothes is a very modern concept. But at the time, they weren't being looking at, you know, this person like, oh, wow, look at her titties. <laughs> no, it's just like, no, she came out the pussy like that. That's what she looked like. <laughs> And there's no, it wasn't a lot of size. And that's how actually I taught my children as well. My children feel no way about nudity. My son grew up around naked women walking around in America. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he, now he has a relationship with the female body that doesn't allow him to eroticize just because he saw a pair of titties. Mm -hmm. He's just like, I've been seeing titties all my life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> seeing titties doesn't mean anything to me. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps maybe we could touch on, you know, the elements of parenthood where it comes to what you do. How does that, mm -hmm. how does that flow into what you teach your children? Um, you know, the birds and the bees. How do you have that yeah. conversation? Uh, you know, you, I, I'm not quite sure how old your children are. Maybe you can give context. Yeah. But how, yeah. how has BDS, sacred BDSM and your work flowed into parenthood? Um, well, uh, my children are 26, um, 18, and 16. Um, and so I think for me, I've just tried to keep it um, very fundamental around understanding um, their bodies mm -hmm. um, and, and the sacredness of their body, the specialness of their bodies, especially to, I mean, to, to, the, to my son as well, but specifically to women, to the girls, because they're often just preyed on, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and my daughter asked me, you know, questions, my youngest ones, you know, when she wants to wear certain things and, you know, and they're like tight and revealing. And I'm like, no, I'm not going out into the world where you're looking like that. And she's just like, why not? You, you taught us that it's, it's not our clothes. It's not our responsibility for people's ignorance around the body. Yeah. I'm like, true. I'm like, but I can't control their behavior. I can, you know what I'm saying? I can only control you. So it's not that you're wrong for, for, for wanting to, to, to present as you present, but 
it's them I don't trust. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want the, I don't want to send messages to them that 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 I can't protect you from if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm not with you. So um, she knows I do because there's a pole in the middle of the house. <laughs> so she's just like, oh, what event did you have? And I'm like. <laughs> You know, and her parents, parents of her, of her, of her friends come over. And sometimes I haven't taken down my toy store, adult toy store. Mm -hmm. And they're like, and they're dropping their daughters off. Like, um, can I chat to you for a second? (laughs) (laughs) And so, (laughs) so I chat to them and I tell them the whole thing and they're like, oh, okay. Um, so how much is that one? (laughs) So, (laughs) So it's really quite interesting. It, it, it would be interesting if this was a reality show, um, because because the children are Netflix now. Netflix is jump on especially, it. Oh my god! Because I do have children walking in the space, but I think again, I'm not teaching them um, the vulgarity and mm. uh, around it. I, 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 the lens that I, that they're learning this through is one that's healthy, yeah. one that um, honors their body and and how they relate to other people. I tell my son, you know, hashtag me too is real. Um, I tell my son, you know, I mean, me and him got into it. He's 18 now. We got into it recently because, you know, I told him, you know, now that he's in the world, he's, you know, he's not, he, apparently, I don't know if he's having sex yet, but he wouldn't tell me anyway. He's weird <laughs> like that. But I said, I was just like, if a girl comes to me and, or if you get like, and she says you raped her, do you know, I will believe her. Yeah. And he's just like, Really? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, because I'm gonna say, let me tell you why. Not because I don't believe you, but because clearly you put yourself in a situation that made her feel violated, what, whether that was your intent or not. And when you are before the judge, I will, and he happily gives you your sentence. I will bring you food. I will send you money. Um, but you will go to jail because. Um, I will not support that. I'm like, so your thing is don't have sex. I, I tell don't have sex with drunk women. It's just because you need her to have consent and you can't get consent if she's not. I'm like, so consent is the thing. So, and he, he felt ways about me for a while. He's just like, you're trying to tell me you will take this person's side, even though it's not true. I'm like, you put, I'm like, so your thing is don't put yourself in situations where that can be the case. I understand that sometimes it's not truthful, but the line is too blurry and women are often at a space where we're disadvantaged um, in our stories. So yeah, to me, she's always right. So check yourself. We, we, we're about to wrap this up. And, and what you've spoken yeah. about is so beautiful in terms of safe spaces for black people. I think that's where we align. Our communities are yeah. very, very focused on creating these spaces and making sure that it's safe. Perhaps maybe give a disclaimer in terms of a, how your events work what your offerings are, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, so um, as Ramantha said, they are they are POC exclusive, um, which means people of color. Um, and, you know, I've had people ask me, well, what do you really, what do you mean by that? Uh, I'm like, I mean POC exclusive. So I said what, what you I understand said. POC to be? <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> and you, what you understand? I said what I said. Because I think they're looking for me to say um, no white people. Yeah. Um, and I, and I've had, I've had this conversation too many times, you know, already, and I'm, and I'm happy to have it as often as I need to, but the, I, I, I don't want to make apologies for 
creating a space that honors people that have been historically disenfranchised, um, people that have been um, uh, marginalized and X'd out of spaces um, that um, they could also benefit from, especially ones that have a deep spiritual context um, like sacred BDSM, um, because um, spirituality um, is, um, is the core of how um, people of color um, have sustained themselves over, you know, over, over eons. So for me, it's less about um, no white people because it's not them themselves. Because I have some dear friends that are that are that are that are white, and they would if I told them I have told them, and they said no, we won't come. Absolutely, that makes sense. We'll support you in other ways. You know what I'm saying? Because it's about um, having you know having the highest content of melanation in a space. Touch on your offerings. And so the gifts are getting doper in terms of how they're fashioned. Um, there is a strong performance aspect to to each of them. So it's literally just becoming some sort of performance house now where uh, BDSM is just one of uh, one of the things that they experience and the themes wrap around those performances. So we have vocalists, drummers, theater people, choreographers, everybody that's now connected to um, how we produce these events. And so the um, offerings, we, we do two signature events. One is Sacred BDSM and the other is Sacred Table, which you have to come to, Romanta. Um, Don't call me out during the people. And sacred... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll come. I'll come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Sacred, sacred Table, um, you know, is showcases my, my work as a, as a chef, where it's a multi-sensory dining experience um, that really just brings all of your senses together around yeah. food. Yeah. Um, so the space is animated um, and it's like a 3D experience with food and, and mindful eating, conscious eating, yeah. and not just eating um, because that's what we know to do, but having a deep thoughtfulness mm-hmm. around um, understanding our relationship or building a relationship with food that is, that is, uh, that is sacred. Um, and the space itself is, like I said, it's a membership-based space. So we, to, as far as amenities to the space, there um, we open officially in Jan. So right now we're just doing soft launches, but by Jan, all the amenities will go live from sauna, basketball court, tennis court, um, a, a list of all types of energetic mod- modalities that they have access to, spa services, heated pool. Um, they can rent... Um, well, to, to members, it's free, which is the guest ho- the guest rooms in the space. Um, right now, people rent the space for film shoots, photo shoots, product launches, end-of-year events, festivals, weddings, that kinds of stuff. Um, and there's a restaurant that operates during the day. And that's not even the end of it. You do workshops, you do womb healing. Come on. Yeah, for Sacred Body Journey. Yeah. Yeah, we do... Yeah, uh, yeah. So we do we do workshops for, and I do kind of those little parties that those bachelor parties for women, <laughs> or girls' night out kind of thing. But I also do it for men mm-hmm. as well, like bachelor. You know, so it's it's not gender specific. Men need this work too, this medicine as well. Wow. Um, uh, we do past partner cleanses, which I talked about earlier. Um, couples play. I believe a couple that plays together stays together. Okay, amen. So, um, amen. <laughs> amen. So I can be the facilitator of their experiences, both sex the act and just sex the energy. 
so as well, you know, to help them move through that area in their lives. Come on, we need a work. We need a workshop. If you're listening and if you're in Johannesburg, come through. Where can people find you online, offline? Yeah. <laughs> online, they can find me at um, langdemunmon.com, which is L-A-N-G-D-E-M-O-U-N-M-O-N.com, L-D-M-M. I mean, I think if you just Google L-D-M-M at this point, it's it, it, it probably just comes up. Um, sacred, sacredbodyjourney.com. Um, uh, I don't need to spell that. I think that's, that's there. Um, I, and, and we're on Instagram and Facebook, um, probably soon to be Twitter. Again, if you just, um, if you just Google it or search us on any one of those platforms, it should come up. It was such an amazing chat. Most of the things that you spoke about, we have touched on, but I always walk out of a conversation with you with so much more knowledge <laughs> not just on that but just on life i think also because we mirror each other's lives um you're such an amazing person to know welcome to the dope black oh, family and i hope that we can i hope that we can expand on this and offer workshops together as communities and spaces i know a lot of dope black mm. dope black dads were like oh hook us up we also want to know more so hopefully <laughs> so hopefully we can have joint sessions here in south africa if you're elsewhere she also does all of these services online so just yes. just 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 holla just holla and that's it. Um, yeah. One last question before yeah. I let you go: What makes you a dope? Yeah. What makes you a dope black woman? What do you think makes you a dope black woman? Um, I think we had talked about this before too, because you know I, I vacillate between like uh, gender orientation. Uh-huh. So, so dope like, black, dope black, dope black person, dope black, dope black person. Yeah. Um, that depending on the day, dope black woman as well. Uh-huh. So you're right. Authenticity. You know, I really like. Like my 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 emotional IQ, um, I, I work a lot on that, <laughs> and my spiritual IQ, I work a lot on that. So I just believe in practices and ways of life that you know um, minimize harm to other people, and us to take responsibility for that. And um, I am a champion for people winning. So. Uh, if you if you want to win, holla at, 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 at your girl boy, depending on the day person here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, just hold on for all of the information if it's your first time listening to us on where you can find us. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Shop, shop. Thank you so much for joining us this week. For more content, follow us on Woman one on Instagram and Twitter. To join our community, drop us an email on Africa at doughblackwomen.org. See you next week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>